Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Almighty God, for what you are going to do today. Thank you that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Lord, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. This morning, we thank you, Almighty God, that your word will go out powerfully to touch lives and change lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Glorify yourself. Edify your people in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for what you will do in our midst today. We thank you for it. We thank you in advance for it. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Praise God. Hallelujah. Before we go deep dive into the service, I just want to say to you that um, I'm going to, I'm getting a new devotional re- released before the end of this year. Uh, it's called Grace and Honor, uh, Volume 2. We had Volume 1 last year, uh, which was a 30-day uh, devotional journey that tries, that tries to unravel to you your identity or your self-worth in jesus all right it's called glory and honor so it's a series of books that i'm creating right that will go i don't know how many vol how many volumes we are going to do but we'll try to release one every year so volume one was volume one was released last year it's on amazon volume two is now being released this year so that you can go to amazon when it's released uh, and go and get your copy or you can pre-order uh, the team will put a link at some point in in, in on the uh, on youtube so that you can go there and pre-order your copy uh, god bless you as you do that in jesus name another announcement i want to call quickly is that this today at 3 30 p.m is we're going to have communion uh the theme for this month is this year shall end in praise this month shall end in praise essentially god has given us a word that says there might be things that you are still believing god for that that haven't come through yet god is giving you an assurance that this year this year we see end in praise for you and that word is particularly of importance to any one of us who's been through a lot of challenges this year maybe you have believed god for certain goals that you set and hasn't come through yet or you might believe it you, have, you might have believed god for healing for a family member or you may have believed god for breakthroughs you know for your family or for your relationship for your marriage or even for a job and it hasn't come through yet you know as you embrace this word as you embrace internalize uh, this promise of god I trust that God will cause this truth to build up in you to become a tree that will produce fruit in your life in the name of Jesus. All right. So let's circle back into uh, the message towards the end of the service. I believe there was going to be a, um, a one page slide that will show you the events that we have for the rest of December so that you can be on the lookout for them. Now, this morning, I've got a message titled... Um, Essentially, um, is part of the 10 keys to a fruitful life that we have been covering. But this one, if you want to put a title to it, you might want to call it um, time management or, um, you know, redeeming the time. You might want to call it redeeming the time. That's actually appropriate. How do we redeem the time? And that is calling coming from Ephesians chapter 5. Now, there are 10 keys to a fruitful life. We have covered eight keys already today i'm going to be covering the ninth key and then next sunday i will cover the tenth key so let's do a quick recap for those who might be learning about this for the first time the first key is environment which means where you are planted environment you are, you are planted is important number two being alone being alone means that god shows you your vision 
alone. It doesn't show it to you in a group. It shows it to you alone, which means the work with God is 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 a is an alone job. All right. It doesn't mean you're lonely. Just it's just an alone job, an alone work. Number three key is self discipline, which means learn to to discipline yourself. All right, because discipline, self discipline will exert pressure on the gift that God has given you so that you can bring them to bear. A lot of people don't fulfill or a lot of people don't produce fruits in their lives because we're not we're not self-disciplined. We don't we don't discipline ourselves, all right? We don't prioritize our vision and cut off distractions. Number four is germinate. Germination is a process by which a, a seed begins to sprout, begins to uh, bring forth um, shoots after a period of dormancy, all right? And therefore, God wants our life to, to germinate. Key number five is water. Water is synonymous with the word of God. You know, of all the keys, in my opinion, of all the keys, in my opinion, this one, key number five, is about the most important because if you plant a seed in an environment that there is no water, if that seed requires water, that seed is not going to grow. So, in order for us to reach the highest, fullest potential that God has planned for us or the purpose of God for our lives, we need to be rooted in the Word of God so that the Word of God will be that seed that will help us or the, the water that will help us to grow to, to maturity. Key number six is fertilizer. Fertilize, to fertilize to fertilize a seed is to put nutrient on that seed so that that seed can grow very quickly. All right. So I liken fertilizers to uh, a word of encouragement, to affirmative words or mentoring that you receive along the way to grow. Then sunshine. We spend some time on sunshine. We liken sunshine to the work of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is helping us on a day-by-day basis, that without the help of the Holy Spirit, nothing can happen. You remember that in the book of Genesis chapter 1, when God himself created the universe, what happened? The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, right? But then the Bible then says that the Spirit of the Lord was brooding over the surface of the deep, which means the Spirit of God was brooding, pondering, waiting for the command of the word of the Father. You know, so essentially, before creation could happen, there is a conception happening as well in the mind of the Holy Spirit, all right? So the Holy Spirit, is, it will help you to impregnate your imagination, right, with the right word, with the right vision, with the right image, so that you can bring to bear that which God has in store for you. Then key number eight, pruning. We talk about cutting off negative habits, Cutting off negative habits or cutting off negative habit, and the key thing that we spoke about last week here is about guarding your heart. That it's important to guard your heart with all diligence. And I said that God will not guard your heart for you. Guarding your heart is your own responsibility. All right. Okay. So guarding your heart essentially means that you need to protect your heart from influences that are inimical to your growth, influences that are negative so that your heart does not uh, become negative, all right? Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you speak is coming from the overflow of your heart. But the Bible also says the way your life goes is, is, is based on the direction of your heart, all right? So the good news though is that your heart can be changed. The good news actually is that when you became born again, God actually gave you a new heart. But that new heart is susceptible to the loudest voice so if your heart hears the voice of the word more it will start to give you information about the word more than the word of god all right okay so today i will start with time time is key number nine now when you plant a seed in the ground that seed requires what that seed requires time for it to grow you don't plant a seed today 
and then the next day the seed automatically start to give you fruit it doesn't happen like that so your life too is lacking to a seed right that is planted by the rivers of water quite all right but there's a process of time from the time when you as a seed is planted to the time when you begin to produce fruit and we see this all all over the place right if you give back to a child today and let's say that child ultimately is destined or to become a lawyer or a doctor or that child is going to is 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 um an author or somebody who is going to sing in the future, that child doesn't start to sing from the womb. That child doesn't start to sing from day one when the child is born. The child still has to go through a process of growth, all right? So therefore, time is something that God has set in place to regulate our work here. The Webster Dictionary describes time as the system of those sequential relations that any event has to as to any other as past, present, or future, or a system or method of measuring or reckoning the passage of time. So, what we see here is that time, yeah, has to do with the past, the present, and the future, right? And we also have to measure time in terms of seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, years, and centuries. Centuries. So, the concept of time, therefore, has to do with the, the birth, giving birth, growing, aging, and even dying. So, the Bible actually speaks about that there's a time for everything in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's quickly go there. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. The Bible says there's a time for everything. There's a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and every event or purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A, um, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time to a time for war and a time for peace. So we see here, therefore, time is an important part of our lives. Time gives order to our days and allows us to set schedules. But listen, a schedule by itself is worthless unless there is a purpose behind the schedule. It is useless to keep track of time if there's no end towards which we are moving. Time is important because it helps us to regulate what we are doing here. It allows us to set boundaries. Actually, time helps us to set goals and know how we can achieve it. It gives us a timeline, uh, the bandwidth through which we are going to go to achieve what we are going to achieve. Imagine a situation whereby there is no time, time boundary for certain event. You will not have landmarks. You will not have things to celebrate. You will not have things, you will not have, you know, like even your birthday, right? Because it's not going to come around and around again. It's your life Your life is just going to be going in one unidirection. So it will not allow you to set landmarks and milestones and memories that you are creating. The reason why we have time when we have to sleep and wake up 
up or time where we have to go on holiday and come back because he allows us to enjoy our time on the earth. So time is not our enemy. Time is a gift that has been given to us by God. The question now is how do we manage time? Of what value is time to our fruitfulness? In order to answer this question, I want you to offer for answer a question that it's quite important. I got uh, the question is this: Is time equals money? Is time equals money? So there has been things before where people say time is money, time is money, and I have said it before. I said it before when I was younger. Time is money. Don't waste my time. Time is money. Don't waste my time. Time is money. But that statement is actually not correct. Time is one hundred percent not equals to money. Why do we say that? If you lose money. You can make another money back. But if you spend time like the way you spend money, the time that you have spent for a particular activity or a particular event, you cannot get it back in that same format ever. Benjamin Franklin says, lost time is never found again. What this means is, if a time passes by, that time can never come back again in that same way in which it passes again. It can't come back again. Why? Because time is a linear currency. Time is linear, at least from the concept of our world, from the concept of human beings. We measure time in terms of movement to, in the right direction. Time is always moving forward and in the right direction. If I lose 100K today, I can make it again. I can even make more of the 100,000 I've lost today. Life is actually full of stories of people who have lost their fortune and recovered the same back. I remember the story that I heard about um, about uh, Steve Jobs of Apple. How when he started the company, Apple company, in many years ago. And um, uh, after a while, the, the company obviously, they, they, they went public and they had other investors come into that company. And they were trying to make decisions with, uh, to which he wasn't in agreement to. They voted him out. He lost fortune. You know, they voted him out. They voted him out of his own company and he lost he lost a lot of fortune. That's when he started the Pixar, the Pixar company. You know, you, if you look at some of the movies, you have Pixar Limited. They do the graphics for the movie. All right. So he started going to do that, set up that company and started building that stuff. Then later, they brought him back again. And I believe that Steve Jobs, before he died, was worth more than he was worth before the first time that he got fired from his own company. So you can lose money. I can get it back. But the time that you have lost, time that you have invested in something and that you, that is gone, you can't get it back. But the beautiful thing is that God is the restorer of time. God is able. If you have made mistakes in the past, say, for example, you are listening to this or you're watching this as a replay later. And maybe when you were a younger, a younger person, you have wasted your time in drugs, in dope, in all sort of wasted time. You've wasted your time doing nasty stuff. And the devil is beating you down, up and down, and saying, oh man, you have just wasted your time. There's no, there's no redemption for you. You cannot catch up again. I tell you the truth, that God is the redeemer of time. God is the redeemer of time. God is able to redeem the times that you've lost. The Bible says, God is able to restore the years that the, uh, the, 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 the canker worm or the palmer worms have eaten. Any time that you have lost, 
by virtue of the neglect and the regret and the mistakes of the past. The good news is that God is able to restore them. So the message today is to bring an awareness to you about the value of the time that you have been given here to spend and also to show how you can value time. How, what can you begin to do today to make your time here on earth more important? You know, and, as, and I will round this message up by praying for you that God, if anybody is in that space where they have lost time or they have misplaced priority where they have placed money above time or spend, spend time running around trying to make money for the family, but discounting the, discounting the time that that person is meant to spend with the family to create memories that God is able to, what, that God should try, God, God should help to restore such a person back so that the time that is lost can be regained back. Amen. You know, if you have a child, and it's something that we don't really understand properly, right? When we're growing up, if you have a child and you're meant to spend time with your child when your child is uh, as young, maybe, maybe the child is a teenager or before they become teenagers, actually, uh, you have a child and you, you, you didn't spend time with that child. You said, oh, you, you are all constantly traveling on business trip and all that. You are coming back and buying gifts for the child, but you were not there in the child's development age. When that child grows up, you will not have any connection with that child. Why? Because you were not there. You didn't spend time why, with that child to build that relationship. So what you spend time on to build, you will enjoy later. What you don't spend time to invest in to build, you can't enjoy it. Right, but so I'm praying for you that as we go through this, all of us will begin to value time far, far more important than money. So, is money and time the same? The answer is no. Now, let me explain the concept of time. The picture and the understanding that God gave me about time is this time that is spent is irreversible. How do you understand that? Imagine you're standing at the edge of a stream, watching the river flow by. If you fix your attention on a spot, on that water, on that streams of water that's flowing by, put your attention on a particular spot on that river. When you look at it, you probably will not know that the stream is flowing because everything looks the same. It's like when you go to... Um, when you are on a on a boat and your ship is anchored, you can you can see the wave of the of the sea, right? You can see the the waves of the sea as it beats against your boat. You might you might even think, well, these streams of water is not moving. Or if you were to go to a lake, right, you see that there is possibly no movement on the face of the lake, right? Okay, but how do you know? The way to know that the stream of water is moving is if you get, let's say, a paper dock. Or a paper dock, you, you wrap up a paper to make it a, a paper doll, a paper dock, and you put that dock or doll on the water in the exact same spot you were looking before, where either to it apparently seemed as if there was no movement, you place that doll on that space in the water. You will immediately see that the water is flowing. How? Because the water door will begin, the paper dock will begin to move to the right or move from, move away from where you have placed it. That shows you there's a bit of movement going on. You might not see it. It might seem imperceptible to you when you look at it without a dock. But the way you put something on the water, you can see that that thing is moving forward. This is the way time moves forward, like a current that never goes back. 
time is always moving in the forward direction and therefore time never stands still for anyone. Marcus Aurelius says, time is a sort of river of passing event and strong is its current. No sooner is a thing brought to its sight that it is swept away by another and another takes its place and these two will be swept away. What, uh, what Marcus essentially is saying is that time is constantly moving events in the right direction. Think about in the, in the, whichever country where you are living in, how the elections are conducted. You, somebody comes into power, and you think that person is going to stay there forever. The person spends four years or five years, six years, and before you know it, it's time to change the president or the governor of, of the city. You know, uh, and another person comes in, and the cycle starts all over again. But now, no, to somebody who is looking on the side, who is not paying attention to the value of time, and our time moves forward, he will, he will say, oh, nothing's happening here. But that person has spent four years of the entire country's time to do nothing or to do something, all right? But time has passed away. That time is not waiting for anybody. William Gibson says, time moves in one direction, but memory moves in another. What is he saying? Actually, he's saying that time as a construct, we keep moving in this direction, maybe in the forward direction. But as time moves in the forward direction, if you have taken time to create memories as, it, as time goes by, that memory will go in the other direction. I'll say that again. Time will move in this direction. All right? So, like, when my children were younger, when they were on, on in, in their, in their uh, when they were, like, seven or eight, nine, ten years old, you know, there are a lot of things that I spent with them. Then, you know, doing Bible study, uh, doing Bible study or playing, running drama sessions with them, rolling on the floor, uh, going swimming and all that kind of stuff that we did together. And I would think that at that time would be like that forever. But as they grow older and the, 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 dynamics, the dynamics in the house, changed you know there's some things i used to do with them when they were younger that i cannot do now anymore because they are growing older right but what i refer to a lot uh, is what is are the memories that i created or we have created together so on my phone I have a lot of pictures of my children when they were younger, and I could go back from that time. You know, Google or Google or Apple would show you uh, this was what happened five years ago, and the, the, the pictures or video will show up on your phone, and I just play it back. I play it back to them. I say, "Oh, look at that! Look at what we did here!" And we go on a journey to think back about what we have done in the past. All right. So essentially, for me, that makes me happy because it helps me to know that I have built and I'm building memories with my children. You know, in my house, I do a lot of crazy stuff. Like you know, I I crack jokes and I do some funny stuff. Like oh, you know, <laughs> you know, my children was like, "What's that?" And I said, "Well, I'm creating memories, and I'm grateful that to God I could do that, right? Because I could go back in in the in the recordings that I've done and." And see the way I interacted with them, the way I play with them, the way I kind of do some crazy stuff in their house, right? But that is memory. So what this guy is saying is time moves in the right direction like this, but memory moves in the other. So when you spend time with your children or with your family, or with your loved ones, or it might, not, it might be that you are watching this, you don't even have a family. But if you create memories for your own life, things that you have done, take time to enjoy your life, to do the things that you enjoy to do. Record them out. Put them in a place so that they will become memories for you. And then in the future, you can go back and play them back to understand what you have enjoyed. One time I was listening to, listening to T.D. Jakes and he spoke about something about moment. He said, with all his busyness, with all of his business and how he travels a lot and does ministry, 
it makes it makes it made it, it makes effort to ensure that he's able to create memories with his children or with his family. Why is that? Because when it's our time to live here, the only thing that matters, brothers and sisters, are the memories, the moment that you have created with the people that you love or with the things that you love to do. Nothing else will you take away with you. When it's time for you to check out of here, the memories are the things that you're going to remember. So let's take time to create memories with people that we love. So if time, therefore, is more valuable than money, what does the Bible say about time? The Bible says a lot. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 18, in the KJV, the Bible says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein, in, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The Passion Translation says it this way. So be very careful how you live, not be like those who, with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Now, it says, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for its purposes and don't live foolishly for then you will have this you will have discernment to fully understand god's will and don't get drunk with wine which is rebellion instead be filled continually with the holy spirit now the amplified version says therefore see that you walk carefully living life with honor and purpose and courage shunning those who tolerate and enable evil not as unwise but as wise sensible intelligent and discerning people verse 16 making the very most of your time on earth recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil therefore do not be foolish and thoughtless but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the lord is now i want to circle back to the kjv version what i would say is that you should redeem the time. Verse 16. Redeeming the time because it is The Bible says there's a way you should conduct your life as somebody who is wise, not as fools, not as a fool. How do you do that? You redeem the time. Because it's one way in which you can walk with wisdom, you can live your life honorably, is by redeeming the time. But God it then says, Don't be somebody who is not wise. Understand the will of the Lord. What's the will of the Lord? The will of the Lord here is to redeem the time. The will of the Lord could also mean what is the will of God for your life? What is the purpose for which God has put you on the earth for? Don't be foolish, not paying attention to the reason why God has put you on the earth. No, but understand the reason, the purpose for your existence on the earth and then redeem the time. Redeem the time for that purpose. All right. So now let's look at the word redeem. The word redeem means to buy back or to give something in exchange for something else. I've spoken about the word redeem as exagorazo. You go to the market, you have you see a goat in the market, and that goat has a price. In order for you to buy the goat, you have to exchange what? The money, the price that the goat is being sold for. That is redemption. You have redeemed that goat. You have bought that goat back from the person who owns the goat so that you can make use of it the way you want to use it. Right? The Bible says redeem the time, which God has given you a time, a particular point of time for you that you are spending here. It might be 100 years, it might be 50 years, it might be 70 years, it might be 80 years, or whatever. You have a time. Your time on the earth here has a limit. Now, that limit is, for all intent and purpose, that limit is defined by you. You determine how long you live by the way you live your life. 
You know, but that's a separate conversation. But you have a time here. You have a time here. God said, redeem that time. Make good use of that time. Exchange that time for something that is worthwhile based on the purpose for which you are created. God said, that is what you should be doing. You should redeem the time. So time is so important that God is saying to you, put effort into buying back your time on the earth. Don't waste the gift of time that you have been given. Engage in activities that will give you more time to do things that matter. So when the Bible is talking about redeeming the time, essentially it means don't waste your time. Don't engage in frivolous activities. Don't engage in activities or engage with people, anger with people that are not adding value to your life. Don't essentially find yourself hanging out with people that are not going in the same direction of travel that you are going. Your time is your life. Your time is a portion of your life. So therefore, every time you waste in doing things that are unprofitable, things that are not adding value to you, things that are not moving you forward, you are literally throwing your life away. Let me illustrate this concept of redeeming the time using a story that I found recently uh, written by a man named James Clare. James Clare is the author of Atomic Habits. This is an excerpt from his article. He He says, I was shopping for a small travel bag. After much searching, I found one that I liked, and it is just $19. It was very affordable, but there was one problem. The bag was made by a company in the United Kingdom, and it cost $45 to ship it to the United States. I was immediately turned off by the idea of paying $45 to ship a $19 bag. So I searched for retail stores. The company had a physical location in New York City, and I was already planning to visit the city a few weeks later. I looked up the store location and realized that it would take me about one hour to go out of my way and stop at the store during my trip. That is when I thought of the question that prompted this entire article, he says. Was, was one hour of my time worth $45? He's asking the question, should I waste one hour of my time so that I can save $45? Should I save time and pay $45 to get the bag shipped to me? Or should I save cash and spend one hour of my time going to pick it up in person? I had no idea if going to the store or paying extra for shipping was a better use of my time and money. So what is essentially saying here is this. Some people will save $45 but spend time that is worth more than $45 because they don't want to pay $45. So in this case... He had to work out how much is his value or is how much he would charge per hour if you were working. Suppose, let's say hypothetically, suppose he charges a hundred dollars an hour. So if he spends forty-five dollars to ship that thing from the UK to the US, what will happen? He will sit at his desk and still earn the hundred dollars. The net income to him will be $55. So instead of wasting time to do, to, instead of saying, okay, let me not buy this stuff. Let me go to New York City and spend an hour to go to the store. He has actually lost $55 in net because he has spent a hundred, he has spent, he has expended 100 hours of his time to get $45 value. In, in, in to, to not spend for the five dollars in shipping costs so this is how you begin to value time how do you value time if you begin to see if there's a way for you to calculate you know how much is your time worth 
per hour, then you begin to see the value of what you are gaining or missing by doing random stuff that are not moving the needle in your favor. Here are some qu other questions that James asked. For example, I want you to think about it. Should you buy the non-stop flight? Let's say you're going to New York. Should you buy the non-stop flight to New York City and save two hours? Or should you get a flight that has a stopover and save $90? Think about that. So, so the other day I was in, uh, earlier, I was in Los Angeles, and I spent, I think it took me 10 hours or 10 hours, about 10 to 11 hours to get to LA from, from the UK. And it cost me X amount of money. Yeah, but I spent that 11 hours, it was a stretch. But when I was trying to buy the flight, I could go through Canada, I could go through Ontario, uh, fly to Ontario, from Ontario, go to LA, and that's going to, that's going to take me about 16 hours, right? Now, that means, first of all, that flight is cheaper than the direct flight but the question is i've got six hours now that i'm trying to change plane and lay over and all that kind of stuff and the question is that is that worth my time you see what i mean so let's say for example in this example that we ask now two hours has been saved equates this let's say the guy makes a hundred pounds an hour two hours being saved it means that he can spend that two hours to make two hundred dollars but if it gets a stopover and it's only saving ninety dollars. It's actually out of pocket by one hundred and ten dollars. You get what I'm saying now. Now it wasn't telling a story that I find quite compelling. It was talking about that Bill Gates. That Bill Gates earns one thousand, uh, no one hundred and one hundred dollars or something like that per mi per minute or per second or something like that. You know when they calculated his net worth, how much he, he earns per minute per minute. And therefore somebody says, says oh, where well, it is not worth uh, Bill Gates' time to pick a hundred dollars on on the ground because actually it's actually any more than that per minute if he sees one but this james guy says something that i find interesting to say is actually it doesn't affect bill, bill gates whether he picks that money or not why whether he picks the money or not he's going to make a hundred dollars anyway so picking the hundred dollars from the ground is actually adding more money to his pocket just look at that it's just a way to think just a way to think just look at things in a different way right again it's about the value of time the value of time, brothers and sisters. Now, look at another one. Should you pay your neighborhood teenager $20 to mow your lawn so you have an extra hour free on the weekend? If you have an extra hour free on the weekend that you earn $100, is it not better for you to you know, earn that $100 and then give this neighborhood kid $20 to mow your lawn? Now, that, 20, that child that buys, that child that is mowing your lawn for $20, we take that money now and uh, she might, she will spend the money to do whatever and that money becomes currency that's flowing around, all right, that's blessing some other people's lives, people's lives. So, therefore, you spend $20 keeping your $100 that you've gained, that you've, that you've earned that time, which means you have your net profit of $80 is already adding more value to somebody else's life, but you are not out of pocket. Last point. Do you spend this week working with a client that will pay you $2,000 right away or working on a business idea that could generate you $20,000 over the next year? This one is actually deep. and I'm not sure whether I can cover it too much because I don't want to derail the conversation. But think about it this way. A number of my friends, including myself, we work, we do consulting, we earn money per hour. And if the idea of you not earning that money per hour should show up in your mind so that you could you could build a product, a platform. Maybe for the next six months, you are not earning any money. But that platform, when you build it, you're going to earn a certain amount of money. Which one will you choose? Of course, the, the, the easiest one to choose is to keep earning that money, right? But I submit to you 
that let's say, for example, I earn $10,000 a month and I don't work for six months, which means I have earned $60,000. No, I have lost $60,000 for not working for six months. Suppose I back off and work on a platform product that after a year, I'm able to make $200,000, right? So I will still be in net profit of what? 140000 so, but the thing is that the problem is, well, net profit, if I spend, let's say I spend another 10,000, 20,000 billion in the platform, maybe I'll end, I'll have a net profit of about maybe 120K or something like that. I'll still be better off. But obviously the challenge here will be that there's no guarantee, right, that I will earn $200,000 with my platform. There's no guarantee there. So what we always advise therefore is if you have a job that's paying $10,000, make sure while you are doing that job, you don't lose sight of building something that will replace that job in the nearest future. So which means that you can keep the job you're doing, spend, you know, you are, you are earning $10,000 every month as you go along, but you siphon some money out of that money to build something that will give you recurring income. So that as a point in the future, you can replace that job, right? And then you have what they call passive income, right? So this is how you better manage your time. So in the video that we watched last week, all right, my team will play that video now, that shows you how the seed is growing. Notice that the seed, first of all, went into the ground. The, the seed, the, the root of the seed went into the ground before it becomes a plant. But there's a process of time between the time it became a plant and the time that the fruit shows up. And that time is how you manage that time. So how do you resolve the issue where you are have a conflict between spending your time for money or exchanging your time for money for uh for a task that is not giving you as much money the answer is depends on what you are getting back if you are going to spend a certain amount of time on an activity that will not yield you what you will get by not doing it then you shouldn't be doing it all right so let's say i'm going to spend like the example we gave before i'm going to spend uh 10 hours flying to los angeles for let's say $2,000, but I want to take a detour to go to Canada for let's say, let's say $1,500. So in, on, on the surface of it, I'm saving $500. But if my detour costs me another six hours, all right, of waiting time, that, and those six hours, I cannot do anything. That means if I'm earning $100 per, uh, per, per hour, per hour uh, uh, yeah, per hour, that means I have lost $600 by going through to Toronto. The net effect will be a $100 net. Not to compare the time, uh, the discomfort of changing plans and all that kind of stuff. So the key thing to think about when you're talking about, you know, how do you value money is to always understand time is more valuable than money. Time is not the same as money. Time is more valuable than money because time is your life. Every single time you spend to do an activity that is not moving things in your favor, you are you're throwing away part of your life. So, what did God say we should do? God says we should use our time wisely. Genesis, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, the Bible says, While the earth remains, see time and harvest, cold and eat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now, I want you to look at this scripture carefully. The Bible essentially is saying, as long as you have a place called earth, there will be a time for you to plant. There will be a time for you to harvest. As long as you are planting, you are, there must always be a harvest. I want to say that again. If you plant a seed, all things being equal, on this earth, 
there must be a harvest. The same way, the way you have cold, you have heat. The way you have summer, you have winter. The way you have day, you have night. These are unfailing laws of life that seed time and harvest time will always be the same. All right. Okay. So now that you got that, that you cannot do away with this issue of time, I want you to grasp one thing fundamentally. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, there is a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. So in the KJV it says, the, to everything, there is a season. There is a time for every purpose under the earth. So which means God is showing us here that time is tied to purpose. Let's read that again. To everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time linked to every purpose under heaven. God essentially is saying to you, there's a time for every purpose under the heaven. Time is always given for a purpose. I want you to write that down. Time is given for a purpose. It is never intended to be idle. It is never intended to be empty. If you find yourself that you have a lot of time on your plate... Try and get one thing right. That time must be made use for a particular purpose. Don't be like one of those people who just waste time doing and faffing around doing things that don't make sense. You know, when you look at the video of the plant, that the video of the seed that we showed earlier, there's something that I want you to see there, that when you plant the seed in the ground, the seed becomes a plant. And imagine that seed now that's become a plant. Now it's part of a plant, a garden of plants where you have other, other plants in there. Do you know that that plant will not automatically bring forth fruit immediately? When, they, when you come into springtime, the shoots will come out of the garden. You see the richness of the of the harvest about to show. You have an expectation when your garden is full of plants that have come up of age, but they have not shown up fruit yet. It creates what an expectation in your heart that man, these fruit season uh, harvest time is coming. Remember, because seed time and harvest shall not cease. So you have that expectation in your heart, right? But that you must allow time to do its work, so that as summer progresses, the plants grow and blossom. They, that's when you begin to see the fruit that will then cover the plants and the vines. So now by midsummer, you start to do your, you start to run your harvest. By midsummer, you start to run your harvest, right? Uh, harvest be, has begun, and all the other plants in the garden also begin to bring out their own their own fruit, and then you go into the harvest and you have your harvest, and everybody's happy. But you can see that that is a cycle that God has created. God always makes things to come to maturity within a specified time, which means a seed does not automatically become a fruit in 20 seconds, in 30 seconds. There is a maturity time. There's a process of time, right? That that seed must go through to become a plant, to become a fruit that anybody can then reap out of it. So if you consider your life to be a seed, your, that seed is planted in the ground, Right, that seed must be allowed. Your your life as a seed must be allowed to grow through the process of time, right? In order for you to be able to then reap the fruit out of your life. So, whatever gift that God has given you, you need to learn to plant that gift that God has given you in the ground on the earth and work on it and work on it, but not losing sight of one fact that in the fullness of time, your fruit season, your harvest harvest season will then come to play. 
God has designed it that way. That there's time for seed planting. There's time for harvest. You cannot shortcut it. You cannot circumvent it. You cannot say, look, I don't want to go through the process. Nobody that I know on the face of the earth has ever broken that rule. There is always a, sp- a time to plant the seed and a time to reap harvest. And understanding this thing will give you what? Patience. Which is what we're going to cover next week. It will give you patience because now when you are planting the seed, you have an expectation. You know that one day fruit, the, the harvest time is coming. So, for example, you might be a mother. Right now, you're taking care of a child. And there doesn't seem to be any help. It seems like life is passing you by. You are frustrated. You don't understand what is going on. You feel left alone. But God is saying to you, as you persist in that, don't forget harvest time is coming. Because when harvest time it comes, then you can reap the fruit. I know a lady, you know, who who raised up her her children by herself. The husband left her. She was all alone by herself. She raised up those children. And I keep saying to her, to her, pay time is coming. Pay day is coming. I kept, I said to her over and over, pay day is coming. It's like the seed planted in the ground. As long as there's seed time and harvest, the pay day will come. You know, now, the children started getting jobs, started working, and the seed time, the harvest time is now about to what? About to happen. So now she can see in the in the garden of her of her life, she can see these wonderful children have become plants and are now become producing fruit. Then what happened? It's time for her now to enjoy herself. So you might be in that season as well, brothers and sisters, whereby you have labored, you have you have done all you could, and you haven't seen the result yet. God sent me to give you a word today that your payday time is coming that harvest is coming because seed time and harvest is a process of time that god has set up on this earth that will never fail to happen god created you for a purpose and gave you an exact amount of time for you to fulfill your purpose so essentially you have your time on the earth is linked to your purpose you have a purpose that you must fulfill you have time for which you must fulfill it. So what must, what must you do? You must get to work. You must get to work on your seed. You must get to work on your gifts. You must not say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Don't become like one of those people that are lazy and say, I'm postponing things that they're meant to do today and say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. No, get busy. Get Start working. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed upon the ground and then continues sleeping and rising night and day. Why the seed sprouts and grows and increases, he does not know how. The earth produces acting by itself first the blade then the hair then the full grain in the hair but when the grain is ripe and permits immediately he sends forth the reapers and put in the sickle because the harvest stands ready what the bible essentially is saying here there is a when time for the grain to be ripe there is a when time for the harvest to be ready there's a when time for you to reap your harvest harvest but the kingdom of god works in this way that when you plant a seed that seed will have to go through a process you don't know how the place is going to work but one day you are going to wake up and the fruit is going to show up so i say to somebody today that you have you are going through a process you have labored about those children you have labored in the marriage you have labored about a job you have spent time to find your gift and god says to tell you when you can plant the seed that you have been given when you can be patient through it and allow allow the earth to do its job allow the process of seed time and harvest to do its job that harvest season is coming. Say it with me. My harvest is near. My harvest is near. My harvest is near. People of God, you must discover your purpose, the purpose for your life, and you must get busy with your assignment. Every day, 
should be used to account for the fulfillment of God's dream in your heart. You must ask yourself the question, what have you done last year or month or day that you have lived? Are you living your life on purpose? Are you living your life on purpose? Apostle Paul says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Don't be like a person who is foolish, but be somebody who is wise. How do you become wise? Redeem the time. Spend your time wisely. Buy your time back. Don't waste time doing, doing activities that are not adding value to your life. You can outsource those activities out. If there is an activity that you must do, and you don't have the time to do it, it's not something that brings you a lot of joy or energy, outsource it to somebody else. Work, your, work on yourself to work on the gifts that you enjoy doing. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now, we know in the story of Jesus, when he was about to go, he kept talking about what? Father, the time has come. Father, the time has come. Anytime he said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. Which means, Jesus Christ knew his own time. He knew the time that he was here to do what he had to do. And he said, the, t- the, the time has come. John chapter 17, verse 1 to 5. The time has come. He says, I have brought you glory on earth. How? By completing the work you gave me to do. So, Jesus Christ was given an assignment by God the Father. And he was given a time frame to complete that assignment. And he said, the way I have brought glory to you is by completing my assignment in the time frame that you have given me. God has given you an assignment. God has given you a purpose. And he has given you a time for the completion of that purpose. So, whenever you are using your time to work on things that, are, that is not aligned with your purpose, that time is wasted. That opportunity is wasted. And God is asking me to tell you today, you can redeem your time. You can begin to redeem your time. God has given you an assignment that is so awesome that it will take your life and even the years to come to complete it. He invites you to walk with him by faith. He asks you to walk with him, move with him by faith. Remove the limitation that you can see. Remove the limitation that you can see or feel based on you looking at things only in the natural. Let your perspective be on the fact that God has called you to do an assignment. Don't minimize your assignment. Don't commonize the gift you have been given. Don't commonize it. Don't say, oh man, you know, this gift is so small. Some people, there was, there was somebody I was talking to the other day, uh, she would say, oh, but the other people are doing it. I said, it doesn't matter whether other people are doing what you have been called to do. It is your gift. You know, we are very critical of ourselves at times. We speak down on ourselves. We speak down all, all the time. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. I can't do this. I can't do that. No, don't do that. Every time you criticize the gifts that you have been given, you know what you are doing? You are killing it. Every time you say, oh, I can't do that. It's not possible. But the question I got, asked, I got to ask you is, who told you that? Who told you that you cannot do what God says you can do? It's a story that you have made up. You made up that story. So the proper use of your time is dependent on the priority of your purpose. When you have put your priority as a purpose, you will know how to use your time very well. If you don't understand your purpose, you will use your time anyhow. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. You know what other translation says? Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. If you don't know the purpose for your life, the reason why God has brought you here, the assignment that you have been given to do, you are going to hang out with the wrong crowd, do the wrong things, waste your time doing things that are not adding value. And then you say, oh, what is, what's happening here? You have not fulfilled the purpose for which you are called. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. 
that you will not kill time. You will not murder your time in the name of Jesus Christ. That the time that you have been given, you will take time to use it to the glory of God. I pray for somebody today that the Lord will teach you and teach me to number our days right. So that we may apply our heart to gain wisdom. As we begin to bow our heads, as we begin to pray. I want to pray for somebody today. I want you to know that time has been given to you on this earth for a reason and for a purpose. And therefore, every single time that you are awake, that you are alive, is for you to accomplish something that is close to the purpose for which you are called. Now, if you have not identified your purpose, identify the reason why you are here, I'm going to pray for you. And after that, I'll pray for all of us, you know, so that God will help us to redeem time. So if you have not known your purpose, I want you to place your hands upon your heart like this as I pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brother and I pray for my sisters. My brothers and sisters right now, all over the world, I pray for them all. Wherever they are, for those people who are seeking clarity around what you have called them to do. I pray, wonderful King Lord, that before the end of this month, they will have an encounter, a revelation, an understanding. A, a, a picture will be shown to them, Lord Almighty God, when they are quiet, when they are walking. That will let them know the reason for their existence. Why you brought them here. The purpose for which they are meant to commit their lives to do in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you have given them time for that purpose. I thank you for it and I give you praise in the name of Jesus. Praise God forevermore. One of the, things, one of the ways in which you can know the purpose for your life is by the things that you do that makes you to come alive. If you are engaged in anything that brings joy and makes you to come alive, that's an indication of what you should be spending time to do. So over the next 30 days, begin to pray this prayer over and over in your heart as you begin to listen to God, begin to help to show you, and God will come through for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for somebody today now, Almighty God. I pray for all of us, Father, Lord, that you help us to redeem the time. Help us to buy back time in any way in which we have wasted time doing things that are not okay. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of restoration. Restore those time back to us in the name of Jesus Christ. As we embark on this journey, Almighty God, to find out what we are meant to be doing and to begin to prioritize our purpose above mundane things. Help us, Almighty God, to be disciplined in the name of Jesus Christ so that we can prioritize, put our time on the right things in jesus name so that we can know that the value of our time cannot be measured in dollars that time is more valuable than that money and as you spend our time wisely we're extremely the currency that cannot be bought father we thank you for it and we give you praise in jesus name we pray hallelujah praise god forevermore i want to thank you again for joining church today please remember 3 30 we meet again for communion service and I will see you there. I'm going to be praying about the new month. The Bible says, God says to us, this month shall end in praise. And that is what will happen for you in the name of Jesus. Until next time, you're blessed and highly favored.